0: Well, it's upon us, the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Sometimes it feels like it's just within a blink of an eye. It's already here, and sometimes it feels like it's dragged out. We now have that extra week of football, which I'm all for. I mean, you can give me all the football you could give, and I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But it's here, though. It's the end of the season, regular season, and there's so much at stakes for many teams in the NFL It's not so cut and dry for a lot of teams as they are still scratching and clawing to try to get their way in the playoff races. That's exactly what we're going to go over today. But first things first, welcome to Total Sports Talk Beyond the Lights. I am your host, Matthew Raritan. Beside me today is my co-host, Ed Smith. Welcome, y'all. And we are without our other co-host, David Street, as he is uh, feeling a little ill. We pray that he gets better, and I'm sure he'll be back in no time. He's probably uh, as pissed that he can't be on here than anything, because I know this guy is passionate, and he loves his sports just like all of us. So we miss you, David, but hope you get back here soon. But the show must go on, and we have a lot to cover, so I'm going to jump right into it. NFL. Last week, Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. And I'll tell you what, this is the final game. This is Sunday night, and I couldn't think of a better game to choose because there is a lot at stake. I'll say for both these teams, even though uh, the Bills have, or it's not the Bills, sorry, the Dolphins have clinched, but they have not clinched the division. Whereas Buffalo, they need to win to make it in. And that didn't mean to rhyme on purpose but it worked but it is true though buffalo needs to win this game in order to get that number two seed and it is important to get that number two seed because you will have home field advantage against everyone unless you play the number one seed but this game is really intriguing to me uh, on many levels well the bill's are the minus 155 faves in this game, whereas the Dolphins are the plus 130 dogs. So you could already see better. They got their money on the Bills to win this game, and rightfully so. The Bills are on a tear right now. And here's a stat that I found incredibly fascinating. There are teams who start out slow. There are teams who start out fast, some who finish slow, some who finish fast. Well, the Bills, since 2020, they are that team that finishes hot. And since twenty twenty, in the month of December and January, just regular season, not in, in, uh, including postseason, they are eighteen and two since twenty twenty. So, it, needless to say, they're one of the best teams in the winter. I mean, they do play in Buffalo. I mean, it gets pretty cold up there. But the eighteen and two is very impressive. So, and lately they've been on a tear as they clawed their way back up into the wild card, and now possibly to a number two seed. This is a Bills team that just a couple weeks ago, you would have thought, well, they fell off the face of the earth. No one's really talking about them. The only thing they were talking about is the unfortunate comments uh, their head coach, Sean McDermott, had made about 9-11. But then all of a sudden, they came back into relevancy, and they've been on a tear winning these last several games. And now here they are, one win away from the number two seed. I mean, that's crazy. But they're also one loss away from possibly not making the postseason. So it becomes really eerie here uh, for both the teams because the last thing the the, uh, Dolphins want to do is lose and drop down to the wild card when they were essentially up at the top for most of the year in the AFC. So I feel like that's big to jump from a number two seed to a wild card, whereas the Bills – their season could be over with the loss. So I think they're going to come in there, both teams are, with just the utter will to win this game. Um, you know, the quarterbacks, though, this is where it gets interesting. Which quarterback do you trust most? Most I really like Josh Allen, and I, and I really like Tua as well. But Josh Allen, to me, hasn't always been this consistent quarterback. Uh, he was uh, you know fairly inconsistent in college for wyoming but he came into the nfl and he kind of came out of nowhere because of his size his arm strength and what he could do with his legs and he kind of took over the nfl he became you know mvp favorite after mvp favorite if it wasn't for mahomes um they've had their their dueling matches especially in the playoffs where no defense shows up it's all offense <laughs> and the, i'll tell you what those are fun games to watch but Josh Allen this year has been pretty inconsistent and that's why the bills were pretty much falling off the face of the earth. But Josh Allen is still an elite quarterback, I will say that. Tua on the other hand, he's kind of trying to get up into that level. I don't think Tua is a bad quarterback, but you know, he has been hit hard a lot and he's had his concussion and scary injuries. Um, I just don't think he's on that elite level yet. But when you have receivers like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they'll help you get there really fast. And when I, when I say that, I'm talking about two of the fastest receivers in the NFL, but Tyreek Hill especially. And so when it comes to that, which quarterback do I trust more? I'll say Josh Allen. But the Dolphins have the receivers that I want to trust more. Because Tyreek Hill all year has put up these consistent numbers. And, you know, he just had a very unfortunate uh, uh, instance that happened with his house catching on fire, and I'm glad that him and his family are safe. But I think Tyreek Hill is going to come out there, he's going to ball out, and that's going to help propel uh, Tua. But in this game, though, it's going to be tough because I do, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I need the Bills to lose. But that's not going to happen. The Bills are going to win this game, and it's going to be your typical Josh Allen fourth quarter driving the ball down right at the end to set up a field goal to win the game twenty-seven to twenty-four. I'm not saying it's going to be a field goal that's at uh, it's going to be a walk-off right when the clock hits zero, but I do see towards the end of the game Josh Allen's going to drive it down. And he's, they're going to get a field goal and barely leave enough time for the Dolphins to do anything. So that's my prediction there, 27-24 Bills. But let's jump to a different division down there, um, and that's it, but that's the NFC South. And I'll tell you what, guys, it's like, this is going to sound messed up, but it's like handicapped people down there trying to fight. It's just, it's not pretty. It's not, and... This NFC South is such an embarrassment, and I'm sorry. I mean, David's Buccaneers fan. He's not here, but he'll be the first to tell you too. This division is atrocious, but they still get that consolation prize because they one someone's got to make it to the playoffs, right? So, well, we have a couple teams that can make it, but Ed's going to talk us first here, though, and that's Atlanta and New Orleans.
1: Appreciate it, Matthew. Now. Uh, This game is just one of those games where two teams are actually going in opposite directions, but they wind up meeting right here to see which one is actually going to make it to the postseason. Because if you look at the Falcons over the past month, they have been awful. They're down to benching uh, Desmond Ritter uh, for the season, but bringing him off the bench because Taylor Heineke was terrible against the Bears last week. You know, you know, Heineke had one touchdown but four interceptions. And what does Desmond Ritter do? Throws another interception. That now granted that's what the Chicago Bears secondary does, you know, and we'll get to that later. But you know, it's a matter of who wants it more. You know, over the past month, the Saints have shown that they want it more and the the spread on it showing three points, you know, for New Orleans in this at a 42 point mark. You know, it kind of tells you what the betting lines are showing for it. And they're not wrong. Because over three of the last four games, you know, the Saints have won that includes a game against the Bucks that made Baker Mayfield just look pedestrian. You know, it was one You know, you got good Baker, you got bad Baker in the same game. Well, that part of that is the Saints defense, you know, and that defense is carrying him through, you know, with Derek Carr being the quarterback, you know, even though he's a somewhat of a jalopy car, you know, that is, uh, that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, Chris Olave has already gotten 1200 yards receiving this year, and they're about to have Yet another uh, wide receiver catch up to that thousand yard mark. You know, there's a lot going on in favor of the Saints this time. And, you know, the question really becomes is it too late for this Saints resurgence? You know, we're talking under the tripwire, you know, the last three or four games, you know, to come down to this game. And, my opinion, yeah, uh, because it's the Falcons. The Falcons are in complete mess. You know, yes, they have B. John Robinson about to break a 1,000 yards as a, as a rookie. Uh, yes, uh, you're going to have um, uh, some positive things on the wide receiver side, but not necessarily through the quarterback. Uh, that is one of the main things that you're seeing with the Falcons is they can't get any consistent through the quarterback. Whereas even though the Saints, you know, don't have the greatest quarterback, he's at least consistently who he is, and that's a that's something that will carry them through this game, you know, you know into the postseason starting next week. So I, even though it's a three point uh, spread, I'm going to say the Saints cover. At 1713, just because there isn't much else that really excites you about either one of these teams to get over 20 points. So that's where I'm thinking on that. Uh, what do you what are you thinking, Matthew, on that? And uh, what do you think the Bucks will do in response?
0: Well, you know, Atlanta, here we are just felt like not too long ago. They were the team that had, you know, Roddy White, Julio Jones, uh, um tony gonzalez and it was like just throw the ball up to any one of those guys and they'll get it and now it's like yeah they have a guy like kyle pitts who's the same size as those but they are just wasting him i remember when kyle pitts was drafted and it's like this team is just wasting that that talent right there and then you got new orleans and it's like how does dennis allen Still, you know, how is he still doing it? I I don't, I don't know. It just, it's, it's shocking to me. It's like James Franklin at Penn state. Like you could be mid and just overrated for so long, but something has to give where you just lose your job. Right. But apparently not job security is great there.
1: He's got pictures of somebody's, somebody's friend group.
0: It's he's got blackmail. Amazing
1: how long he's been there.
0: Yeah, definitely blackmail for sure. But it is an interesting game, and I do agree with you that in the end, Derek Carr, um, although he's not the best quarterback, he could still make plays, and I think that's what's going to happen in this game. But I don't think it's going to matter uh, because that brings me to the next game, the Buccaneers and the Panthers. And I, I think the Buccaneers are they're the reason that they are the minus 238 favorites as of right now. Whereas the Panthers are, you know, plus one ninety five, they're the dogs, and uh, it's pretty obvious the Panthers hold the worst record in the NFL. They don't even get that draft pick that goes to the Bears, and they just can't find any ways to win. They played, you know, pretty uh, injured team in Jacksonville last week. In Jacksonville, though, they have a great defense, so you know that makes sense why Jacksonville won that game, but. Carolina just can't get anything right. Shoot, their owner is pouring drinks on fans. I mean, that's how desperate, that's how sucky they are. Is is there? There's a lot of frustration there, but, you know, there's a reason why. I mean, you saw what happened with their owner and their general manager, or sorry, their owner, was it their owner and their coach bumping heads on who they wanted to draft? And there, there's just nothing clicking there. And Bryce Young, I like the guy, and I think that he can do great in the NFL. And let's not judge him based off of that, off of this season. They just have a terrible roster, especially on that offensive line. But what's even worse is they don't got that first pick because of the trade. So it's like they suck, but they sucked for the wrong team. They helped out the Bears more than anything, but they're a different franchise that's also lost too. We, we'll talk about them later. But – The Buccaneers, though, I know it's which Baker is going to show up. You don't know. You know, he disappears more than David Copperfield. So it just, you never know which Baker is going to show up. But in this game, I don't really think it matters. Carolina struggles to even put points on the board so I think the Buccaneers are just you know they could just barely put up any and I think they'll win the game but in the end I do think Baker's actually gonna have a pretty decent game a nice little warm-up to go into the postseason where they'll lose in the first round but uh Buccaneers will win this game 24 to 10 in my book Carolina just they struggle to score they can't and I but I think uh you know, for the Bucks, there are going to be several things that fall into place for them. Um, I want to see Mike Evans kind of have a nice uh, cherry on the top with his season here because it could be his last. Um, and Baker, he could have one of those really rare moments where he decides that he wants to shine. So, but I just see that coming out. Buccaneers victorious, twenty-four to ten. I mean, how are you feeling on that, Ed? I mean, you think kind of accurate there?
1: Yeah, I find that to be fairly accurate, especially since the Bucks. Back in week 13, did beat the Panthers 21 18.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you look at it, the Panthers haven't scored more than 18 points more than one time in the last 11 games. There's just nothing happening with them offensively. And like you said, it's not necessarily Bryce Young's fault, but you know, it's the offensive line, it's the roster it's throwing a rookie quarterback in with no protection and Adam Thielen as your go-to wide receiver. That's there's not a whole lot there. Not a lot of meat on the bone on that one. You know, but as far as on the Bucs side, you do have uh, Chris Godwin just 84 yards from reaching 1000 yards. You know, you get Baker Mayfield that at times he looks like the guy that came out of Oklahoma not the guy that just kind of sulked around Cleveland for two or three years. like oh, I'm, the, I'm the cool guy. No, He needs to be the guy that came out of Oklahoma planting flags in other people's fields for the for the buccaneers to do much more than just take the consolation prize of the NFC South, which they will. I do have that have the buccaneers winning this. Uh, similar to you, twenty-four points, but I do think the uh, Panthers get one of those weird two-point conversions and puts them at about twelve points. Yeah, so right around, right around the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, I miss those uh, Baker Mayfield Progressive commercials. Come on, those were fun, <laughs> but now you can't do it down there. I mean, but um, you know, going from the NFC South, I want to go over to the AFC South, which is actually. Becoming one of my favorite divisions. Um, you are seeing some really talented young quarterbacks, but you're seeing kind of a shift. Whereas you know, over the last couple of years, the Titans were winning that division, and here they are; they're going to finish last. And you're seeing Jacksonville, whereas they started off, you know, pretty great. They have been falling down recently. Um, and then you also have Houston and Indy. And Indy, I mean, the season they're having after losing. Anthony Richardson is actually really impressive. Gardner Minshew, a.k.a. Uncle Rico, that guy wasn't lying. He could throw the football over those mountains over there. So it's been fun to watch him. I've always liked Gardner Minshew, uh, unless he was playing Oregon when he was with Washington State, then I didn't like him. But uh, there are several great games this week, but this one is the very interesting one because three of those teams are fighting for not only the division, but the playoff races. So first, I want to start with Jacksonville at Tennessee. And, you know, Jacksonville, they still don't know up until the game if Trevor Lawrence is even going to be playing. Last week, it didn't really seem to matter. They did start off a little slow, but then they end up easily winning the game against that just awful Panthers team. But... You know, it's not going to be as easy this week. This is a division rival, you know, and the Titans who are normally up at top, they're pissed off that they're going to finish last. If you've listened to Mike Vrabel the last couple of days, he's pissed. He does not like losing. He wants his team to win no matter what. Even if it's the last game of the season that doesn't mean anything, he wants them to win, and so do the players. Um, So this is going to be very interesting because I'm sure the Titans would love to play, spoiler You in your division, if you could play spoiler, you're going to have fun. So, you know, the Jags, they win this game. They win the the division. They lose though. You know, they'll still make the playoffs. I want to save there, but a lot of other things still have to happen. But Jacksonville just needs to step up. Trevor Lawrence has been dealing with this injury. So if he plays, which I feel like he will, they need him to play. Um, He's going to need to step up big, but he's got a shoulder injury. That makes things tough. But who needs to step up the most? I'm going to put it on ETN. I think if you could get, you need to uh, pick up that workload, especially with uh, Lawrence's industry or in injury, and you really need to run this ball. You need to shove it down their throat because then it creates more balance. Then you can, you know, throw the ball. You're bringing the linebackers in because you're constantly running it. It opens up the passing game. So in my opinion, I think Trevor Lawrence needs to have a great game. And then wide receiver wise, uh, you know, Zay Jones, who's also questionable, uh, it sounds like he's gonna play, but you know, he's gonna need his receivers out there. Uh, Calvin Ridley, um, Zay Jones, he's gonna need them, of course, to win this game. You're gonna need all your pieces because a division rival is gonna give you everything that they got, and they're gonna make things tough on you, especially if they're playing spoiler. On the other end, though, Will Levis, he's out, and they're well, he's questionable, but they've already announced the starting quarterbacks gonna be Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has had a very interesting career where you start off in Miami, then came to Tennessee, won the starting job from Mariota and actually played amazing football. I was like, I didn't know Tannehill had this in him. He was playing amazing for Tennessee. And then he fell off and they gave the starting job to Will Levis earlier this year, who had a phenomenal first game. And we talked about it on this show and Ed brought up such a great point. Cause he said, Well, there's no film yet on this guy. So, of course, he's probably going to have a great first game because these defenses didn't really know how to play against him. Yes, there's college film, but that's different than the NFL. So, he did amazing against Atlanta, but then the the next week, played my Steelers, didn't do it so hot, but I saw potential in him. But each week, it started going down, 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 to here we are, well, is Will Love is the answer for Tennessee. I don't think so now. You know, I will eat crow because they. I said earlier uh, in this show, uh, several episodes ago, that I think Will Levis actually has it in him. Nope, not anymore. It just seems like he doesn't have that dog in him like I thought. And they're in an interesting situation because Tannehill. You know, this could be a farewell game for him. So, I, with that though being said, I think the Titans pull this this game off. I think it's going to be a nail biter, but I think the Titans win this game twenty-one to seventeen, and they play the big time spoil on the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Well, on the flip, not on the flip side of it so much. This could also be Derrick Henry's last game as a Titan. and my Vrabel, so, <laughs> you know. So the King wants to get one last shot in against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which he has eaten alive in his career, you know, Mm -hmm. being in Tennessee. So I'm sure that's going to be some motivation, not only for uh, Levis, but also for the rest of that offense, the rest of that team, because the identity of that team is the king, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Derrick Henry. You know, on the flip side with Jacksonville, they ended a four-game skid, by blanking Carolina last week. Yes, we have said a couple times already on this episode, you know, that Carolina's roster is garbage. But they're still NFL players. They still have a job to do. They are gonna go out and do it. And the fact that the Jaguars shut them out a week after the after Carolina took the Packers to the brink, you know, that says something about the resolve of Doug Peterson's uh, team, you know, they know what is at stake. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be a lot closer than that. I I think it's gonna be a one point game myself. Uh you know 21-20, you know that because it's gonna be just a, basically a bar fight. Yeah. Uh, you know through the entire game. Because that's what Vrabel wants. Vrabel mm-hmm. wants a bar fight, yeah. you know, in the middle of the field, and they're going to do that the entire game. And Derrick Henry, you know, he's going to have a good game. I don't think he'll have a career game, but he'll have a good game. It, it's just, it's just that little extra that uh, Jacksonville is going to be able to pull out in the end to win this division uh, by winning this game.
0: Yeah, I, I agree it's going to be close and it's going to be a very physical game. I mean, we could see Derrick Henry 30 plus touches easily. He's always had such success against this uh Jacksonville team. I mean, everyone remembers that stiff arm he had where he was throwing defenders off him on that 99-yard touchdown run. So, he's a hard guy to tackle regardless, but uh It's going to be a close one. I'm looking forward to it, especially because it does have implications on my Steelers. But there's another very interesting game happening down there in the AFC South that has a lot of playoff implications, and that's Houston at Indy. So, Ed, why don't you uh, go over that for us?
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, (laughs) This is is going to be interesting. uh, Because really one of the big burning questions I have for it is, You know, who's ready for primetime? Is it Uncle Rico or is it C.J. Stroud? You know, or, you know, you could say Uncle Rico. You could say a 70s detective. You could say a number of things, you know, that Gardner Minshew looks like. It's all the same guy. Uh, When he stepped in for Anthony uh, Richardson on the second game of the year, that was when they played last time. Uh, These two teams played each other last time, and they beat the Texans 31-20. You know, so that is, you know, the Texans kind of have that in the back of their mind that this is a team that uh, has already beaten them. They need to get their their comeuppance on it. Uh, Now, what Vegas has for it right now, the last time I saw, is a spread of only point and a half. I mean, that is they're expecting this to be as fun a game as what we're expecting uh, just because the ball is going to be in the air a lot between C.J. Stroud and Gardner Minshew. Uh, And it's going to be one of those things where the offense for the Texans, they have a power rank of being eighth in the the NFL versus the Colts' power rank on offense is 22nd. (laughs) That's going to make a huge difference. Uh, between these two teams, uh, but you'd look at what these two teams have accomplished through the year. The Colts' their longest win streak of the year is four. The Texans' longest win streak of the year is three. I say the Texans are a better team, but yet they haven't been able to string together those wins like you're you're wanting them to. And part of that is the growth of you know a new coach, a new quarterback, you know all these. Variable things that had to come together on the team, you know, and that really happens in the first portion of the season. Now, with CJ Stroud, he is he's got a ninety nine QBR. I mean, rating. Uh, he's got twenty one touchdowns and five interceptions on the year, and he just came back from injury. He's had a little rest to you know, to go into this these last couple of games. And he torched, uh, torched in the last game. So it's going to be a fun game back and forth. But I do see the Texans going 22-20, you know, because both teams are going to fight to the bitter end on this. And who would I trust in the playoffs? I'm going to trust the rookie more than Gardner Minshew, Jordan Minshew's had enough time in the league to figure it out and to be that guy, even though he had all the Chuck Norris-type memes when he first came onto the scene in Jacksonville. C.J. Stroud is just the better quarterback. You can see it. You you put on the tape for one game, and you can see how much better C.J. Stroud is, and that's the guy that I would uh, really trust more out of these two teams going into the postseason.
0: Yeah, you know, I I agree with you actually 100% there. I think that C.J. Stroud um, is going to be that quarterback that really is going to shine more in this game. Um, You know, Gardner Minshew has pretty much just been on borrowed time. I, I like the guy. I like how he plays. Uh, he can float around from team to team and still have success. But we know that come next year, Anthony Richardson is going to be their quarterback. There's a reason why they drafted him as early as they did. They truly believe with his ceiling, he's their future. But he is playing on borrowed time. It's only, you know, only time will tell before he's back in uh, Idaho selling Tupperware with Napoleon Dynamite and his brother. But he's he still can ball out. But in this game, I just don't see it. I think that uh, CJ Shroud is going to propel the Texans. Uh, very similar to kind of what you have, Ed, but I have like 27-20 win for Houston. And I just think that the young guy is going to shine the most. He's going to show the NFL what he's all about and that come primetime matchups, you know, just like he did with Ohio State, that he will show up. So, except for this time, uh, he's not going to have to worry about his kicker botching the kick in the playoff. <laughs> so, uh, I see them winning 27 20. So, very similar on what our predictions are.
1: Yeah. And there's so many, so many games this weekend that, you know, you can pick and choose. You know, three or four or five of them that have, uh, you know, some kind of tie-in to what is happening for the end of the year. And this is really one of the funnest parts of the NFL season to me. You know, uh, Matthew, I know you're you've been watching the AFC North. You know, one, uh, one, uh, division that I always watch is the NFC North. You know, so we're both North guys, you know, and the game that really has any bearing on anything this week is gonna be Chicago coming to Green Bay. You know, in week one, Green Bay just pulled Chicago's pants down in front of everybody at Soldier Field. It was it was one of those games that just made you think, Chicago, what did you really do in the offseason? Because you really didn't do anything that helped this team along. And, you know, it's one another one of those let's get all these new pieces kind of clicking together type thing. Well, I got to say, Chicago's figured some stuff out. You know, they've had, you know, a good last month. You know, the defense, they are actually third in takeaways with 22 interceptions, which is first among uh, all defenses in the NFL. You know, their pass defense has a, is 10th in rating uh, at 85.5, which is pretty darn good if you ask me. You know, they they really take on uh, take on the identity of what we expect from a Chicago team, and that's the defense, and more so running the ball, you know, with Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Roshan Johnson, that's... You know that is the identity of that team, and it took them a long time to figure that out. Yes, they went and got DJ Moore. Yes, you know Cole Komet has been, you know, doing magic, even though he's going to be out of this game uh, with a leg injury. But you know, on the flip side, Green Bay's offense has really caught fire. Uh, if you if you want to put it bluntly, since Week Eleven. That was a long time ago. That was before Thanksgiving. Jordan Love has 16 touchdowns and one interception, including 256 yards, three touchdowns, and 125 uh, passer rating last week against the Vikings. That's that's tough to go, you know. And what makes him so dynamic is you don't know where the ball is going to be featured, you know. Like we talked about a few days ago, you know, he had. St- Three guys catch six balls. And, you know, bef- week before that, you had, you know, uh, Wicks and Dobbs carrying the load for the wide receiver core. You know, so there's a lot of, of weaponry around Jordan Love that he is taking advantage of. But still, Aaron Jones is somebody that takes a lot of pressure off of the quarterback. And with him back, it's going to make it really tough on that Chicago defense to key in on Jordan Love. And that I think is going to be the biggest difference in this game. Yes, it's a 3-point spread for the Packers. Yes, the money lines at 1 -162 and they're expecting 45 points. Well, guess what? Guess how many points I'm expecting? 46. Mm-hmm. I I've got this game at 25-21 and the Packers just wipe away the rest of these teams that are hoping against hope to make it to the playoff by playing these uh, by playing these games uh, like that Atlanta-New Orleans game that we talked about earlier. Uh, when Green Bay beats Chicago because they have the history of doing it, it's in Chicago's head right now that they're going to lose to the Packers. Well, when that happens, all these other scenarios – kind of go away because Packers right now have the seven seed and they could wind up having the sixth seed if the Rams lose while the Packers win because of the head-to-head earlier this season so that's you know it's really exciting for the the Packers uh, going into this weekend you know with the idea that in a rebuild year a first season of Jordan Love they go to the playoffs and I'm here for it I really am. You see that thing right there? You see the cheese head back there? I am here for it.
0: Yes. (laughs) I think as NFL fans, I mean, we, we are here for it as well. But Green Bay is one of those franchises that, you know, they're hard to hate. You just, you know, you like them or you love them, but, they, you know, there's not really much hatred for them because of how they've always, you know, held themselves as a franchise. I, I mean, I, I could even say they've beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, but I've never hated the Packers. They're one of those teams that is pretty likable. Um, but, you know, the, earlier this week, there was the comment made by Justin Fields. And honestly, I didn't th- I didn't think that it was really a disrespectful one, but he said, you know, there's not much to do in green bay but watch football and the only disrespectful thing is is that he missed two other things that's drink beer and eat some cheese that's what green bay is all about is cheese beer and football and that isn't a disrespectful take that's actually the truth i mean shoot she heard, you go, baby. you go to a green bay game you're parking in people's front lawns i don't know if you ever if you have ever know that but that's where you park is on people's front lawns there um it's a great atmosphere there, and everyone will tell you that if they've gone to Lambeau before, but the Bears are in a very interesting situation here. They do hold the number one pick, regardless because they got that from Carolina, but right now, I want to say they're sitting at their own pick is around ten, I want to say right now, somewhere in that range. They've had kind of a resurgence as of lately, and they're winning these games, and it's it's kind of hard because who's going to be their quarterback next year? What is their game plan? Because here they are winning these games. Are you pretty much saying you're going for a quarterback with the number one pick is Justin Fields out earlier this week. It was found out that the bears are willing to give up fields for a second or a third rounder. That's big. I mean, there are, I mean, there are teams like my Steelers that may actually bite on that. So a second or third rounder, you know, for him, um, I think Fields is talented. Is he elite among the best? No, no, he's not. Um, but I would like to see you know him given a fair chance to see what he really can be. But having the number one overall pick and then right now around the 10th pick, um, I don't know what their plan is. It's, it's kind of hard to tell because they need offensive line help. They need defense help. Um, uh, they, you ask any Bears fan, there's a reason why they may not be the GM, but they want Marvin Harrison Jr., I, is he going to go number one? That's going to be shocking, but he's not going to be around at number ten. I'll tell you that. Um, and they're playing in some rough waters because Joe Alt, top offensive lineman, and I uh, can't remember his name, but a dude from Penn State, they may not be there at ten. So what are you? What exactly are you doing? W- what do you really need? So, uh, so I, I'm just interested in that. But I think Green Bay wins this game. Pretty easily, uh, I see it as being an eleven-point swing. Uh, I'll give uh, twenty-eight to seventeen um, for the Packers. So I, I go pack go for this week. Uh, they ha- they have no implications for my Steelers, so I'm fine with that. But yeah, I think the Packers do- will win this game.
1: Matthew, you know to you know, follow up on that uh, point that you're making about Justin Fields, does this game kind of tell the Bears what they want to do with Justin Fields, or have do you think they've made up their
0: mind? I don't know, because they're still winning. That, that, that's why I find it interesting, because, yeah, they may be able to get him for a second or third rounder, but if that's the case, I don't know. It's just hard to tell. So uh they the, have the, the, Bears one. Have,
1: the Bears have been a franchise that drafts a quarterback number one like every three years. Yeah. and they don't stick with somebody long enough or give him a roster good enough to show what he can do you know so that is a problem with their front office that i think they need a remedy with Justin Fields because he's improving mm-hmm. if he has you know if they use that draft capital and maybe even trade back that first pick to get some more picks in the first round then use that draft capital to fill that offensive line with young, steady talent that is just raw and ready to go. You know, draft all of Michigan's front line for all I care. Yeah. Just put some guys out there that will block somebody because you've got the running backs. I'm a big believer in David Montgomery. I'm a big believer in Roshan Johnson because I saw him here in Texas and he is a great number two back. You know, and then they went and got DJ Moore you know mm-hmm. with that trade that got him the number 1 pick through carolina and you're you've given him all these like extra out wide type help what about in the center of the field mm-hmm. why is he running for his life he has gotten sacked 45 times this year that is too much yeah. for anybody mm-hmm. You know, and that is that's why they they were losing games is because they couldn't get him off the ground long enough to win a game. You know, so I I think they should stick with Fields, you know, build around him, give him an opportunity instead of, you know, tossing it back into the pile like they did Trubisky, like they did like they've done so many times before.
0: Well, you know, and another interesting point here, and and I I think I agree with that. I think they should keep fields and get offensive line help. Shoot, I mentioned his name, Joe Alt from Notre Dame. South Bend is right there next to Chicago. He would be almost like a hometown favorite, just like that. And, you know, Chicago, they remind me of another team with the same initial CB, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Number one draft pick, quarterbacks, all the time, head coaches. They couldn't find anything. Now they're in a great rhythm. I will give them their props. But, yeah, they, this is why it's so interesting to me that they are doing this. Because the number one pick, There, do you think there's a clear-cut number one pick as of right now?
1: I don't, simply because I don't believe in Caleb Williams the way that other people have throughout the year. I think he has shown the immaturity that a number one pick, you know, should not have. That is, you know, yes, you know, he's got all the talent in the world and he he shows a a great number of highlight plays. But there's something to be said for controlling a game from the pocket. You know, you see all these you know quarterbacks come in the league number one draft picks they're all running around the field and they're doing RPOs all the time and that's the offense that they know how to do and they have to learn how to be NFL quarterbacks when they get to the NFL just because college is so different from the NFL you know so i i would not say that it's Caleb Williams i i don't know who i would put in that slot right now but i i definitely agree that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be off the board by pick five. Uh, well, that's I think that's a given.
0: So that that kind of proves my point. There isn't a clear-cut number one pick. So that kind of does not play in the Bears' favor. Because if if there was and they wanted to stick with Fields, they could easily trade that number one pick to someone that's number three or number four because – those guys are wanting those quarterbacks, you know. Are they would want that number one clear cut quarterback? But now, since we don't know, is it going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr.? There's no, you don't have any leverage because that number three or number two pick could fool you, thinking that they wanted someone, you know. You but they, you don't know who they want. So whereas before, if you knew Joe Burrow is a clear cut you know, well, that's, that's kind of a bad uh, example because he, you know, he's a generational talent most likely. But my point is that he was kind of a clear cut first round pick. Whereas if the bears said they didn't really need a quarterback, they could trade that uh, similar to kind of what they did last year, actually, and get some more draft picks and maybe some more help, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Offensive line, they, and Marvin Harrison jr. Possibly get him some more receiving threats with him, Mooney, And more, Um, but free agency, they still have a lot of money to spend. And I'll tell you what, it's kind of funny how this works out. But if I'm them, I'm going after Patrick Queen, free agency. He's a lot like Roquan Smith. You lost Roquan Smith. Well, you could replace him possibly with a guy like Patrick Queen, unless Roquan Smith has been telling him, Chicago's a horrible place. Don't go there ever. <laughs> you know, he could be telling him that. Um, but that's who I would try to go after. But in the end, I think uh, Patrick Queen will re sign with the Ravens. But uh, free agency, you do have money. Go out there and help build that defense. But uh, for the draft, draft offensively because you need that up there.
1: Uh,
0: but speaking Absolutely.
1: Of- you know, okay it gets mighty cold in chicago and green bay and those areas you know you need to have that running game to to really offset the weather that you're going to be playing in
0: yeah yeah i mean it, it is true and it's crazy that, that you know how cold it is there yet they're not playing indoors but i'll tell you where a place does get cold that plays indoors that's the vikings another nfc north team and um they have They have it tough to get to the playoffs. They need a lot to happen. So I want to go over the scenarios here for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, They can still make the playoffs. But in order for that, they need to win. They need to count on a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay or New Orleans loss. And that gets them in. Pretty easy, right? I mean, shoot, anyone could do that. I mean, you're better, you're, you know, you have better chances of probably getting struck by lightning and maybe winning the lottery twice for that to happen. But you're like, like Lloyd Christmas saying, dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance and there is, but there's also another team that also has to have a miracle and that is my Pittsburgh Steelers and man, do I hope it happens, but you never know. But for Pittsburgh though, this is their scenarios. Theirs is is a little bit uh, easier, but there's still a lot of scenarios that could get them in. First one is a Pittsburgh win, but they need Buffalo to lose. And I just feel like with Buffalo right now and how their record is in December and January, that's going to be tough to do. But their second one is a Pittsburgh win and a Jacksonville loss or a Jacksonville tie. Now that one could be a little easier, especially if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play. Um, So, I, I mean, I like that one. Uh, their third one is a Pittsburgh win and a Houston and Indy tie. Cause they do play each other, but, uh, ties, they, 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 don't come as easy. Um, they, they don't. So who knows, but this fourth one is interesting. The Steelers still can get it in with a loss, if I'm correct. And that is they would need Jacksonville to lose Denver to win and Houston and Indy to not tie. So I, I don't know how that works out. This is all according to NFL.com, but that last one is a very uh, tricky and confusing one. So I'd rather just stick with the first two, and that's Pittsburgh just needs to win regardless. Just you need to win. Don't don't count on a loss. Uh, you need to win, and then and then Buffalo or Jacksonville to lose. So you know I really hope that happens, but this is football. Uh, it's unpredictable. It's weird to not see my Steelers in the playoffs. We are usually there, but I got to come down to reality at some point. So this is what it's going to be. Then I'll do it. But those are the scenarios for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Minnesota Vikings. But and Ed, do you have anything else you'd like to uh, catch on today? Um, I do want to note um, unless you want to talk about the Cincinnati game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh let me, let me just throw this out there. For all these scenarios that we've been talking about and all these games that have playoff implications, there is history possibly made this weekend uh, because if Cincinnati wins, they will be 9-8. and eight. Why is that significant? Because that will mean that the entire division of the AFC North will be over 500. That, ladies and gentlemen, that is something that has not happened since 1935. You know, granted, before this, these past couple of years, you know, you had an even number of games, 14 games, 16 games. So there could be a lot of eight and eight. Yeah. There was not a... A division that had every team with a winning record. Now it's kind of forcing your hand. It and it looks like it can happen this weekend. So amongst all the craziness that's going to be happen with the playoff scenarios, keep an eye on the Cincinnati thing because that is an interesting nugget for NFL history to take place this week. That is just kind of not being uh, not being shown out there. You know, so I always like those little, uh, those little weird uh, nugget things. And you know, you know, feel free to uh, tell us in the comments what kind of nuggets that you like to keep an eye on uh, when you're watching these ball games, because you know that is something that I would really love to see and keep an eye on for myself.
0: Yeah, if you're a sports history buff, this is the perfect thing to watch. The perfect scenario. Uh, it's been since 1935, so uh, that was a long, long time ago. And you know what's even interesting and crazier about this stat is Cincinnati is 0 and 5 against the AFC North this year. So against their own division, they're 0 and 5, and here they are, one win away to still have a winning record to make the entire division have a winning. Record, so that's that's just crazy. It just shows you that, uh, even though they've been 0 5 in the division, uh, they are still there within uh, arm's reach of a winning record. So, and all that they went through with having their star quarterback go down, we saw that a lot this year. Um, they still were fighting till the very end. But, uh, you know, before we end this show, I want to give a huge shout out. You know, if you have watched our show before, we like to joke. But we like to talk about sports and keep it sports only. We don't like to talk about politics or anything like that. But I will say, and I want to give this shout out here, and that is to American Daily Press. They are an unbiased news media outlet, and I urge you all, if you want to get some unbiased news, please check them out. They are actually why we are here. That They are why Total Sports Talk is possible, is because of them. So check them out. That is americandailypress.com. We will put that uh, link in our uh Uh, comments. So feel free to check them out. But um, that is about all we have today, though, folks. So I thank you guys for coming on, watching us. Uh, Please hit that like, that subscribe. Continue to share these videos, let people know who we are. We really appreciate that. And comment, just like Ed said, comment uh, what things you like to pay attention to. uh, If there's any interesting facts you like to hear that you want us to tell more of, Please put those in the comments. We we will be happy to oblige to that. So put in the comments how you guys feel and what your predictions are because the season is coming to an end. And we also want to let you know we will have a very special show coming out uh, this weekend to talk about the national championship game that is going to be happening on Monday. So look out for that also. But uh, until next time, guys, we are rounding third and we are headed for home.